On today's episode, we recap NFL Week 12, the much-anticipated return of Deshaun Watson, and is Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson anti-gay? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott, and with me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, T.O. offers up a KO, OBJ has a rough travel day, and we react to NFL Week 12. But first, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow Follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. Welcome back. We took somewhat of a break for that uh, happy, happy Thanksgiving weekend. Um, You know, I, I hope you all had a good, restful time. I hope you were able to spend it with your family or those that you hold near and dear to you and uh, able to binge on some food and uh, some uh, football, right? I mean, I know we did, uh, us, of course, as brothers, uh, spend this time together. Um, And uh, definitely... Uh, we did so, didn't we? Um, and uh, uh, had had some delicious food. We did tur- turkey two ways, didn't we, Chris? <laughs> That's <laughs> little, right. Yeah, little we definitely binged. Turkey action. <laughs> yeah, we definitely binged. we had we had way more yeah, than enough. Definitely binged on food and football. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I smoked a turkey. Uh, you know, uh, and uh, Chris, you uh, sous vide a turkey. Um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, are familiar with the sous vide process, Chris, go ahead, educate us. What's, what, what happens there? Well, so you, what, what you want to do with the turkey is you want to break it down and separate the darks from the whites. And you vacuum seal them, and then you put them into a water bath. And the water bath is held at a specific temperature, which is circulated. So the darks you cook at a higher temp for a certain amount of time. I did it at, I think it was 151 for 12 hours. And then the whites you do at a lower temp. And then you do that for, again, for a long amount of time. It can vary by temperatures and whatnot and times. But that way you don't get that dry turkey that we all uh, have come to dread over the years. And uh, right. yeah, it turned out it great. Was, it Scott was. smoked it was turkey very, was great. It so did. we it had. Was uh, so good. We had great yeah. turkey both ways. Yeah, we did. I mean, of course, my my smoked turkey uh, the, does the you know a little uh, the eighteen hour brine pre pre uh, uh, cooking and then yeah. cooking it uh, around three hundred degrees. Little apple wood, a little pecan wood mix. Um, you know, just just makes for good good holiday eating. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we <laughs> this this turkey talk always good reminds stuff. me of the jo- John Madden uh, uh, turducken. <laughs> you know the uh, yeah the, the turkey duck. <laughs> and uh, chicken, right? All stuffed within each other. Uh, none, none of that. Just a, just a tur- yeah, turkey all natural. It's funny because he'd, he'd always have to <laughs> he'd always have to like over explain it every single year <laughs> as if like nobody watched the previous series. Like, well, let me yeah. tell you about this turducken. It's a turkey and it's the duck and it's the chicken and the way they mix it up together. It's true. It was always <laughs> like, like early on <laughs> Like an old person. T- Did I tell you the story about the turducken? <laughs> yes, Grandpa. Yeah. We've heard about the turducken. Ah, come here. It's a turkey three ways. When I watch me carve into it with my hand now. But a lot of sports during this time, right? A lot of uh, football, of course, yeah. and then a lot, a lot happening college football as well. 
uh, big yeah. games, big uh, both ro- professional yeah. and collegiate. Absolutely, nothing like kicking off the holiday season with uh, some good turkey, some good football, and then that's when you get into the championship season for uh, you know NCAA football. And uh, we saw some really good matchups, really big matchups this past weekend. Probably the most hyped matchup was the Michigan and Ohio State, both yeah. going into this game undefeated. Uh, not only the conference championship on the line, uh, but you know national championship aspirations on the line for the playoff. It seemed like you win, you're in the playoff. You lose, you're out. And uh, it was a good game up until a little bit later into the second half. We saw Ohio State get stomped by Michigan. They ran away with this one. So Michigan is uh, sitting pretty in the college playoff. And it's looking like even if they lose the conference championship game, they're still in. And I I know that we kind of feel a little bit differently about that. But uh, another big matchup, which we'll get to that in a second, but another big matchup was the uh, USC-Notre Dame match. And uh, a lot of hype with USC leading into this one that, oh, they haven't really faced too much you know, of a challenge as far as ranked opponents go. Um, so they, they beat UCLA last week, and then they faced Notre Dame, another ranked opponent, and they were able to handle them. And um, it looks like they're going to find their way potentially into the college playoff as well. And now we're getting a whole lot of hype with the quarterback at USC, Caleb Williams, looking like he's got the Heisman Trophy locked up. Um, there were some talk with some uh, a couple other guys like the uh, quarterback at Ohio State, but after that performance, he's basically out. And uh, we've got the quarterback at TCU who is undefeated right now. But when you're comparing the numbers, it doesn't look like anyone's really close to uh, Caleb Williams. But um, as far as the college playoff goes and what we've got coming up for the NCAA, the rankings uh, right now, it's uh, Georgia unanimous number one. And they're saying, just kind of like Michigan, um, uh, let me let me just do the rankings real quick. Yeah. So Georgia, number one, Michigan, number two, TCU, number three. All of them are undefeated. No shock there. Uh, and then we've got USC at number four. Uh, they kind of got some help because LSU lost, who was ranked ahead of them, even though they had two losses uh, last week. So LSU lost, Ohio State lost. They fall all the way down to five, Ohio State at five. You got Alabama six, Penn State seven, Tennessee eight, Kansas State nine, and LSU at ten. So with the conference championship games coming up, uh, we've got Georgia for the SEC championship game. Uh, they're playing LSU now. That's the a way game. a lot of these media heads are talking is that yeah, it definitely should be a, a good game. But the way they're all talking is that even if Georgia loses this, they're still in the playoff. Uh, Michigan is playing Purdue, and they're saying the same thing for them. Even if they lose this ch- conference championship game, they're still in the playoff because they, they would only have the one loss. Uh, we got USC playing Utah, the only team that was able to defeat them this season by one point. Um, so that's a big rematch. And USC, if they win, they're in. If they lose, I, I think they're going to be out. Uh, so this is kind of a must win for USC as far as trying to get into the playoff. Um, TCU, uh, they're playing, I believe it was Kansas State, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Uh, Kansas I can, State. Yeah, Kansas State. Uh, I think TCU, I think they kind of have to win to get in as well because of this whole bias against really anything that's not SEC <laughs> or especially Big Ten. Um, it, it seems like if you're not undefeated, you're not going to get in. They're, they'll have someone else, even if they're two losses, uh, jump over you. 
just because of that major SEC bias that that they've got going on. Uh, so if TCU loses, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Um, Ohio State. I mean, if LSU won that game, I, yeah, I, I would say Ohio State. I wouldn't see surprise be surprised to see them jump up. But with the whole you, even if you lose your conference championship thing and, and you can still get in, I I don't think that we're necessarily fans. I don't speak for you guys, but what do you feel about that? Uh, it seems to me like to be considered for the playoff for the national championship, like you've got to win your conference. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'll tell you, uh, there's one game that sticks out to me, especially when we're talking about championships, and it's not because I like Dr. Pepper, but that Dr. Pepper (laughs) Big 12 championship game, you know, that TCU, I'm calling it right now. It's not going to be a picture-perfect season for TCU. I'm predicting the underdog coming to Kansas State and doing an upset on TCU and seeing a whole shift of all these teams, and then that's when all all the arguments come out. Everyone's starting to, you know, prep for their team or, you know, rep their team oh no we should be in there and we should and this is where it's all going to come down to yeah um but you know with no credit to mr stanson too stanson bennett for you know georgia who georgia's been just clobbering everybody this season um i know he doesn't have you know 34 touchdowns like caleb williams for usc which is pretty phenomenal but he does have over 3,000 yards um and he's leading obviously a powerful team probably a favor to to win uh the whole national championship it's kind of yeah. hard not to put him in that heisman spot uh talks but you know with a 34 touchdowns that Caleb has is just really impressive um, so I agree with you on that one might be running away with you uh, with, with, with that uh, that award at least and uh, hopefully you can get retribution right get back in there and uh, uh, have uh, a good game against Utah which obviously beat USC earlier in the season so um, it's kind of meant to be but as far as these games I, I'm calling it right now I'm seeing TCU go on, down um, I'm seeing a whole shift and maybe Ohio State getting back in there um, don't think Michigan Michigan will drop it to Purdue, you know, with the Big Ten championship. I think Michigan should handle that pretty easily. Um, I think we have that one and two, and then seeing USC take care of business. Um, I agree. I think that you should win your conference in order for you to contend for the national championship game because that only makes sense, right? You you can't not win your conference, but then turn around and win the national championship. That that yeah. doesn't make any sense yeah, you, to me at all. So. You got to um, win your conference, right? Like, I mean, to me, the, it should be almost a prerequisite in order, especially at a future date and time was when they expand the playoff system. My hope is that that is like a requirement, like the, the championship conference championship game has to matter. Um, I would like to foresee a time and day when they expand to who who knows how many teams Um uh, but uh, where there's they've expanded to say at least six core conferences at, at minimum um, and uh, you know maybe an eight game playoff system where you have your six core systems uh, that uh, the, you, the, you have these individual whoever wins their conference automatically goes and then you have maybe a two yeah. two wild card slot now you can have teams like oh god what are you gonna do with Notre Dame they're not part of a conference well tough you join a damn conference or lean on the fact <laughs> yeah. that you're always going to win out that wild card slot. 
you know, from a right. wins record and a voting record. I mean, I imagine this is going to eventually get what expanded to probably like twelve teams, yeah. right? Um, so, so there's going to be. They're looking at eight so far. Yeah, no, no, I, yeah, they I, might I know, go but they're, they're never satisfied with this damn thing. Yeah, and you know what? And when course. they expand to twelve, that's not going to be enough. That's the one thing <laughs> that really ultimately annoys me about the whole college playoff system. Like, I think there should be, there shouldn't be a college playoff system. I'm one of those guys, you know, where it's just like because it never, it never ends. Like you're saying right now, if TCU loses, then who goes up into this slot, and who's in the fourth slot, and then what? You know, it should be us, but we had this one loss, but it was only to this team. You know what I mean? It never ends. You can never satisfy them you can never satisfy uh uh all, all, all of these sycophants uh uh and 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 those that uh, vote on these teams like it's just to me you know if the, the, the purest way of doing it is to have set conferences you have to win your conference outright that gives you the the, the ticket to the to the big show so to speak um, and then you have a handful of wild card uh, honorable mention slots that you can uh, work some of these other teams in, especially when you have, you know, large power ranked uh, uh, conferences, say like the SEC um, or even seemingly like surprisingly like the Pac-12 this year. Right. There's a lot of great college teams, right. you know, that, that uh, are deserving of, of, of consideration uh, at the very least. So. I mean, that kind of answer to answer your question. Yes, Chris, I do think it should matter. Um, will it ever matter? I don't know. <laughs> because this thing seems like it's, it's it's never going to be, nobody's ever going to be fully content uh, with whatever right. they, they end up deciding, especially, you know, even, even expanding it to eight games. I mean, mark my words, it won't be enough. They'll be talking about 12 games. And then, uh, then I guess college football will just be played all year long. <laughs> It'll never end. <laughs> it's like just shorten the season and then go to like a yeah, March Madness exactly. style tournament and start it in like October. There you go. And then you'll right? finish by the new year. Well, when yeah, you think I, about I, it, it's a shortened season as far as conference play is concerned. You know, uh, they, yeah. they, they only have their, their their fixed games they do at the beginning and then they work into conference play. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, exactly. Just get, get rid of these games where like Alabama is playing like – Tuscaloosa or something yeah. like that. Just get rid of those games. There's they're pointless anyway. Just get them all conference. Mobile decide who's going to win the conference. Yeah, and then you could have an expanded playoff. <laughs> but yeah, I like the I like the the aspect of the wild card for this exact reason of say a Georgia right. who's undefeated, steamrolling everyone, just has a bad game and loses to LSU. Right. LSU is going to go into the playoff because they won their their conference, but still everyone thinks Georgia's probably probably the best team in the you know they can go in as a wild card and they can redeem themselves right so you got you got a couple slots for those type of situations but other than that you don't win your conference you're not in it is yeah and then i then here i complicate it with the thought of like what if you won your conference from a wins loss standpoint but then you ultimately ended up losing your you know conference game Right. You know, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I suppose. And, exactly. and, and the only way, the best way win. I can think of, exactly, the best way I can think of, of, of answering that would be some form of a wild card system. So who knows? Uh, college football, it always gets complicated this time of year. Um, and uh, uh, it's all, <laughs> it's, it's fraught wild though, man. Like a lot of good yep. games, you know, and a lot of surprises. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see that the Pac 12 has some, come, become somewhat relevant again, only to b become unrelevant, I suppose, with potential, you know, USC and UCLA heading to the, to the big conference. But uh, again, it's, <laughs> it's all things must pass and things are constantly in a, a state of change. And, and that's one thing that college football definitely has going for it. It'd be nice to see, some other teams aside from, I mean, of course, George is so great. So you're going to see him again this year, but it would be nice to see some fresher faces. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. 
All right, well, let's move on to some uh, um, some some. How about uh, some uh, TMZ style news? <laughs> you got uh, I've mentioned at the top we had uh, a TO Terrell Owens um, handing out the KO uh, to a uh, 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 an individual at a CVS parking lot in Inglewood, uh, California. Here, um, apparently he. Uh, he knocked out a man outside of CVS after this guy was allegedly harassing uh, him and a uh, admirer in the store. Some 49ers fan walked up to Owens and was, you know, uh, uh, shooting the shit with him and telling him how great he is and all of that. And then I guess some other guy like belligerently came up and started talking shit and then stepped to him in the parking lot and uh, took a swing and uh, Terrell Owens he knocked him out. I mean, uh, good for T.O. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to have some random weirdo come up and throw the first punch, I mean, you've got every right to defend yourself. It's just, <laughs> man, picking fights with these big, huge, like, athletes, that's just not not a smart. <laughs> no, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. And uh, uh, speaking of diva uh, wide receivers, uh, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he was removed by police from an aircraft uh, before takeoff at a Miami uh, International Airport. Um, I'm going to find this article, bring this one up. Um, yeah, NFL free agent Odell Beckham Jr. was removed by police from an aircraft before taking off at Miami International Airport after officials said he failed to respond to requests to buckle his seatbelt and appeared to be unconscious, fearing that Mr. Beckham was seriously ill and, ha and that his condition would worsen through the, five, the expected five-hour flight. Uh, flight crew members called the police and fire rescue. Miami-Dade police officer Louis Sierra said in a statement following the 9.30 a.m. Sunday incident, as they tried to wake Beckham to fasten his seatbelt, he appeared to be coming in and out of consciousness. Uh, American Airlines representative Alfredo Garduno confirmed that flight 1228 to Los Angeles returned to the gate before taking off due to customer failing to follow crew members' instructions and refusing to fasten their seatbelt. This is not a good look for Odell Beckham, especially, uh, uh, you know, being considered uh, by various other teams in the league, um, you know, uh, uh, especially a top, top run and rumored uh, uh, squad being the uh, Dallas Cowboys. We've also mentioned, of course, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as potential suitors and, of course, the New York Giants. Uh, what do you think? Is this affecting that? Does this affect his his brand, his uh, the the confidence that uh, some of these team owners may have in uh, bringing an OBJ on? Of course, we we don't know all the facts here yet. Um, is this is this a, a negative thing for him? Uh, I don't think it's actually going to hurt him too much in in this regard because it doesn't seem like he was you know belligerent. Or he wasn't fighting anyone on the airplane. He was That's just true. sleeping. Looks like he probably just took some sleeping pills before getting on that flight because <laughs> he was coming from Miami, <laughs> I think, to L.A. So he's going to have a long flight. He probably was up late partying or something. Um, so as we know with the NFL, these guys will, will ignore all kinds of character flaws if it will mean that That's they'll give them a better chance of winning a game. So they don't really care unless it's unless the media pushback – and the societal pushback is so, like in their face, they can't ignore it. Uh, they're they're not going to uh, take it into consideration too much. So I, I don't think it's affected them in, in that because uh, it, yeah, it looks like 
he he probably was just on some really good sleeping pills and he could just not really wake up and they're probably shaking him trying to wake him up like hey man you gotta put your seatbelt on he's like what you gotta get up man <laughs> we got to take off i'm dreaming i'm dreaming about them trying to tell me to put my seatbelt on i'm putting my seatbelt on <laughs> and they're like all right this we gotta get this guy out of here because they when don't I, know when i first heard this story i literally thought of wolf of wall street <laughs> the guy gets strapped in there. right <laughs> I don't right. know. He's OBJ is doing it again, catching uh, headlines. But in this case, um, I, it's a valid point, Chris. But uh, it all comes down to ownership. You know, it all comes down to who uh, they choose to, you know, and how they want, you know, their star players to um, behave at least in the public space and not reaching these headlines. And he has a tendency to do so. So, um, yeah, do I think Jerry Jones is going to use this as a, a reason not to sign him? No, um, but I think maybe some owners would, or at least I would like to think so. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, to Chris's point, like he wasn't belligerent or anything. Apparently, he he once he <laughs> gained consciousness <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, was aware of his surroundings, he he was you know walked off uh, the plane, you know, and, and and didn't create a scene or anything like that. And 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 uh, also speaking to your uh, your comment in regards to the NFL turning a blind eye in regards to uh, certain character flaws, that's definitely true and of course apparent as we look to Deshaun Watson and his grand return to the NFL here of course he's been activated he is participating in practice for the Cleveland Browns um, and will and is expected to be on field this Sunday against the Houston Texans um, the Browns speaking of which you know had a had a great win this uh, this weekend beating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Uh, we'll get to that, I suppose, in greater detail later. Uh, but uh, what do you think of the uh, return of uh, Deshaun Watson? I mean, it really is all about the Benjamins. It's all about the green as far as the NFL is concerned. They're not really concerned about character flaws. You know, having, what, 30-plus women uh, uh, accusing him of, of, of sexual misconduct uh, during uh, massage uh, uh, sessions that, uh, uh, you know, him hiring m massage uh, uh, therapists and, um, you know, uh, ask, asking for some extracurricular uh, activity. Uh, so uh, what do you think, Deshaun, returning to the, to, to the Browns, um, what's, what's your overall uh, thoughts on, on this? I'm really concerned about his ability to be able to go out there and throw the football because how is he going to get a grip? His hands are so lotioned up, <laughs> lubed up, and oiled up. His balls just going to be slipping out. Oh, baby oils. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we, we talked about this early on this season because the Browns actually came out pretty strong. They looked like they would be a difficult team to deal with if Watson came in in the end of the season and they kind of got the, the pass game to go along with the run game we kind of saw what they were capable of when they just beat the bucks albeit that the bucks aren't exactly world beaters right now it did take overtime but at this point in the season at four and seven i think the browns it's probably a little too little too late so they're probably just going to be working on you know what they're going to look like uh, and what they'll need to be even better for next year uh but will be interesting you know he hasn't played since what 2020 he didn't play at all last season hasn't played obviously this whole season so uh, i'm sure there's gonna be tons of rust on there you know even though he's been at the practice field there's nothing like like game and game speed so 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a nice headline. Um, but yeah, the, the NFL, they, they don't really care as, as long as you're not um, sentenced to prison or something. <laughs> they're they're going to give you a contract if you're good enough. And uh, Watson's got one hell of an enormous contract. They're paying that man a lot of money. Uh, so it will be interesting to see like what the, the Browns will look like in this uh, stretch run of the season. And um, yeah, I mean, if they, they get on a little bit of a roll, again, I think it's a little too little too late as far as making the playoffs go, but um, they could get a lot of momentum going into next year, and that could potentially be um, you, you know, a landing spot for some free agents and, and desirable uh, as far as that goes. So, But that will be interesting. It's going to be nice to see. So this is kind of what everyone's been waiting for, especially with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, we were building up pretty much this whole, you know, preseason to see the Browns, you know, come out. They got stars on both sides of the ball. Squeak out a win against Tom Brady in overtime. Um, that's that's a big win for them because it will kind of put them in the right direction. Um, again, next next this week coming, you know, week 13, they, they're – they're playing the Texans, so perfect game for Deshaun Watson to come back. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, sure. get some ring rust off, you know, and uh, uh, start g- getting to play with his his, uh, his some of his squad. superstars. But I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, guys. They got the best running back in the league at this moment, Nick Chubb. Um, they got a pretty pretty good defense as well. So uh, you know, after the Texans, they do have a couple tough games, division di- divisional games. Uh, they play the Bengals, uh, which is hot, and I'm sure we'll talk about them um and then they also play the ravens which is kind of so-so but you know at least they're leaving the division at the moment so if they're able to beat those two teams you know get on a three-game win streak i think they play the saints after that oh man i don't know it could be a push for a wild card um i don't see them taking the division but uh you know depending on the firepower that deshaun watson brings should be fun to see um but I, I'm with you guys. Let's see how they uh, how they how they click out there, and um, let's see how how rusty you know Deshaun Watson is. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sure he, he's he's not going to be rusty at all. I'm sure he's getting plenty of massages, getting prepared for. <laughs> <laughs> he's lubed up and ready to go. No, uh, Houston uh, Texans. They're sitting at one nine and one. Houston, if you want to win this game, it is in Houston. I got a oh. guaranteed way for you to win this game. <laughs> you get all those women that we're accusing. <laughs> Sean, and bring them down the onto sideline. the field on the little sideline. Yeah, we're in the first row. Get them all in there. Do one of those pregame honor things. Like we are honoring women who are victims of sexual yeah, misconduct. <laughs> <laughs> this is in an believe NFL all women. Yeah, effort of uh, his own alma mater, right? <laughs> bringing sexual misconduct to light <laughs> and, and taking I on see, the patriarch. I want to see a, a fan in the stand, like. Remember in the steroid area, there'd be people out there with like humongous, uh, oh, what were those things called? The, those injectors. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, um, oh God, the, the needle and the, yeah. yeah the, Why am I blinking on the name of it? <laughs> Come on. But any- <laughs> heroin uh, users, help us out. Oh, <laughs> uh, but I would love to see a fan out in the stands with just a gigantic, like, lotion bottle out there or something like that <laughs> that would be pretty funny actually um and and you know that or, or just their names like sporadically i doubt he knows yeah their names though <laughs> yeah that's true a syringe, syringe. syringe. trying to think of the damn get, name syringe 
Yeah, there you go. Get one of those uh, big cardboard cutouts that they used to fill the stands with and just have them all the women there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right behind uh, uh, their their uh, their bench. Put their faces up on the Jumbotron. <laughs> all right. Well, it's a lot of games happening. Uh, NFL Week 12. Uh, a lot of games all the way back to Thursday. It seems like such a long time ago. Thanksgiving Day, right? Um, but I uh, thought we would talk about uh, some of those highlights, some of the various games. But before we do, maybe we would talk about Monday Night Football, which most recently happened yesterday, of course. That was the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking on the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Of course, uh, Jeff Saturday uh, was 1-1, one one, almost had that win against the Philadelphia Eagles uh, in, in Week 11. Uh, uh, barely lost that one. What was it? 17-16 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so had high hopes for the uh, Colts to... Uh, uh, bounce back and and beat the the, the Philadelphia Steel excuse me the Philadelphia the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, that of course did not happen the Steelers won twenty four seventeen going to four and seven on the season um, really the, the the big story was uh, the, the the fact that uh, you know Kenny Pickett was able to not you know, overturn the ball. He, he threw for a mediocre 174 yards, but uh, like I said, didn't turn it over. Um, uh, they, they had a mediocre rushing game, mediocre receiving game, but uh, did just enough to get it done. However, you know, Matt Ryan throwing for 199 yards, a touchdown, but uh, did throw that pick that uh, was, was unfortunate. Um, and of course you had Jonathan Taylor held it to 86 yards uh, and a touchdown. So, um, what were your takeaways from this game? Um, I like I said, I, I had some high hopes in regards to 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 the Colts uh, being able to win this one. They just don't seem like they quite have it all together. Uh, they, they they seem like they're still that struggling squad that they were under Frank Reich, frankly. Uh, and um, I, I I don't I I I'd see the you know maybe whatever ray of sunshine that they had. Uh, for the rest of this season, um, I, I see that fading, and, and their 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 playoff, their wild card playoff hopes just uh, pretty much dwindled now at this point. Yeah, you you were saying mediocre a lot earlier, so I mean that's pretty much what we got with both these teams, yeah, both just pretty agreed. much mediocre teams, especially on offense. Um, and the Colts, especially in the first half, they just could not get anything going. They couldn't convert their downs. Uh, I think they had no yards in the first quarter. I mean, you're not going to win games <laughs> producing goose eggs as far as offensive yardage in a, an entire quarter. Um, and then you throw in the turnover. It, uh, you just can't do that. And, uh, you know, they, they made it close enough. It still uh, was a one-score game. Um, but still, neither team good enough to really pull away from the other. Just, yeah, mediocre squads. And uh, nothing too surprising here if this went one way or the other. Um yeah, I kind of expected the Colts to win at home with this, some of the momentum they had going. But, yeah, you get off to a slow start like that. You don't have the firepower to come back from it. And, yeah, you're going to lose games. Yeah, I was reading a stat that Pittsburgh Steelers are pretty notable with Monday night uh, victories. I think they're tied for the, the most in the NFL history, tied with 49ers. But this is uh, kind of a game that, you know, no one really cared about. Honestly, this is two mediocre quarterbacks. <laughs> we keep saying that, but Kenny Pickett, <laughs> I've been saying this right now. I mean, whether it's a rebuild year, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm, I don't really have high hopes for the dude. Um, it looked really ugly with Pittsburgh Steelers with the, the you know, them losing Najee Harris when he get out of the game. Felt like this was going to kind of be the momentum changer that the Colts were so desperately needing but the Colts suck man um they they got out there in the fourth quarter they 
didn't put up any points. We talk about this NFL. You can't not score anything in the fourth quarter and expect to win a game. Um, and that's kind of the way the cookie crumbled. And uh, there was really not much going on other than that, you know. So yeah, I, I guess there was even kind of a questionable last drive, you know, as far as the Colts were concerned. And um, I mean, that brings me to Jeff Saturday. I mean, there's a lot of that rhetoric still around that I, I frankly I still kind of scratch my head about, like in the wake of the Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick uh, Sirianni and his reaction at the week 11 win where he's like, that was for Frank Reich. That was for Frank Reich. Like, <laughs> like, like, like the people in the stands had anything to do with releasing Frank Reich. Um, right. You know, uh, and Joe Buck, he had a comment as well where it's like Jim Ursay made a made about as uh, out of a box hire that you possibly can. And I'm thinking, really? Like Jeff Saturday is that out of a box? Why? Because right. because he 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 didn't he didn't go through what the what what the system, you know what I mean? Like I'm just not buying I'm I'm wondering what this rhetoric is all about. Like I'm not I'm not buying it. I mean, Saturday he's a he's a Pro Bowl center. He was he was under Peyton Manning. Uh I mean I mean he, he knows he probably arguably knows the the game better than coaches that never played the game at a high level, you know what I'm right. saying? And and he's been coached his entire life. He knows what's good what what what's required of coaching i mean the guys the guy's a center like he's he's in essence the the, the captain of of the o-line he needs to know uh whether it's a run he knows he needs to know everybody's blocking details he needs to know what the play is trying to accomplish he's working in cahoots with the quarterback he's also doing uh defensive reads like like that guy knows football you know just like a, a linebacker who's you know would know football from a def defensive end like the, the captain on that side like these guys are in management positions as players but they're completely diminished you know when it's like oh how can you just hire a jeff saturday who's had no coaching experience no coaching experience yeah. i mean the guy is is a, is a veteran and and a and and a good one at that and and I, to me it's just like is this like you know nick uh serrani's reaction like he's so emotional like that that guy's a little you know batshit crazy if you, you ask me but uh you know his reaction was so emotional so vitriol uh like like it was just to me it was like more than just his old buddy frank reich getting fired it's like you know almost feeling threatened by uh, a player giving the nod to to be a head coach you know and it's like it's affecting it's 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 uh infringing on the good old boy system that's already right. in play you know the system of nepotism i mean nick serrani like his dad was a coach you know and it's like oh god now you're a coach in the league you know and you have bill belichick and his son he's the defensive right. uh, coordinator for the patriots because clearly he earned that position there's no epi yeah. nepotism <laughs> at, at play there sean mcveigh the lead coach of our los angeles rams his grandfather was like you know involved with the redskins like these all these guys it's a good old boy system they all get the ins you know what i mean they're all helping each other out they've all got their little you know tight closed gate you know society and when somebody comes in and fringes upon it and doesn't go climb through the ranks that they climbed through all of a sudden it's a problem all of a sudden this person is is uh uh just not adequate they're you know can't can't perform the duties that they on their highest grant you know uh, perform like like you know what i'm saying like i just i don't understand it and and it's like they're they're clearly in my opinion threatened by pro players i mean uh, getting rid of frank reich in my opinion was the right move you know i mean he was he was a player back in the day he was a, he was a backup quarterback he backed up jim kelly on the bills 
um, you know, and and then he he went through the system. He 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 went in and he started as some interim coach, and then was a QB coach, and then was a wide receiver coach. I mean, what what qualifies him to be a wide receiver coach? I have no idea. But then he became an <laughs> offensive coordinator for the Eagles, who ended up winning that Super Bowl. And then I think he was an offensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals, and then eventually got his his head coach position. But you know, obviously, he was clearly hired to answer their quarterback issues. You know, as for the for the Colts, because you, you had to. Andrew Luck, and then um, you you get an, an ex quarterback coach you think would be able to bring you to the quarterback promised land and solve your issues there. But like, how many quarterbacks did they go, he go through? Frank Wright, he had like yeah, seven. You know, like uh, let's bring up the list here. You have what Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, and then he went to Sam Hellinger. You know, and these were all under Frank Reich, you know, and it's like, so clearly to me, the time was now to move on. But I just don't understand why this decision was so controversial. And it's like anything that challenges the status quo, you'd think would be welcomed, right? But no, you had people sounding off like Stephen A. Smith and like, this is terrible. And it's like, why? Because Jeff Saturday's not black? Like, is this the only reason? (laughs) I mean, but isn't this action exactly what can open the door for more black head coaches in the future? I mean, fast-tracking former player head coach to, to former players to become head coaches. I mean, like the league is over 70% black, right? And many are captains and have that experience of leadership because that's ultimately all you are as a head coach. You're a manager, right. you know? You're not you, you, like obviously coaches do things differently, but just because you're the head coach doesn't mean that you're calling all the the, the offensive plays or calling all the defensive plays, you know? You're you're weighing in every now and again on like fourth down, I think we should go for it or you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're, you're weighing in, you're making the managerial decisions, but uh, uh, that doesn't, you know, you're, you're not doing everything. Um, some, some are, but you, you know what I mean? Like I just, this whole, I just don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around how it's just, is it just because it's a controversy? Is it just something to bellyache about? Is that really what's a, a, at the root of all of this? Or is it really that this threatens the status quo of, like I said, the closed society of all these coaches? Because, We've said this many times. We watch these games, and it's like, dude, who's making this call? I'm sitting here, and again, I get it, armchair quarterbacking, you know, very convenient in my living room with a beer in my hand. But how many times do we sit there and watch the game, and it's like, why are you calling it this way? The reason why I'm saying that is I don't think these guys are very good. I think you get a handful of really good uh, uh, coaches in the league that know their stuff. Uh, Bill Belichick, who I previously mentioned, is one of those guys. Like that guy's legit. You know, I think an Andy Reid is legit. We could go down the list, but I, I would argue that a lot of them are not, and a lot of them uh, probably get caught up in their own systems, their own egos, and become blind to what's really happening on the field. And I, I just don't understand what's wrong with shaking things up and giving somebody like a Saturday a nod because if he does well, like you would think that these sports journalists would be rooting for him, realizing that in the long run, especially if you want to get more black head coaches, like this is this is the thing to embrace. This is the way to do it. This is the way to start fast-tracking some of these players in these leadership roles and ultimately probably improving the product of football. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, like you mentioned, a head coach isn't exactly sitting there drawing up X's and O's. Like, that's why you've right. got an offensive coordinator. That's why you've got a defensive coordinator. What you really need to be able to do is lead both sides of the football in a direction that 
is going to result in winning football and you're there to lead your personnel and and just make the the big decisions you know you don't have to be calling every single play but it seems like most offensive coordinators are, are being head coaches now and to the whole like tightly nipped um grouping that the head coaches are nowadays i mean it, it's like all the coaches come from like three trees <laughs> you've got right. the belichick tree you've got That's like so the the reed tree and you've got the mcveigh tree and they're basically the head coaches of almost all the other teams you know maybe one or off here or there uh but i mean how many times have you seen guys come from those trees go somewhere and just Oh, they're terrible. Dude, uh, horrible. Yeah. I mean, yeah. terrible. Uh, Belichick is a great example. Like, look at the guy in the, the Raiders this year. And he that's this is like his second or third chance as a head coach. Um, and then the, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, the defensive coordinator that he had, uh, Patricia, in Detroit, which is horrible. So you oh, brought yeah. him back. Um, actually, McVay's tree is doing actually pretty well right now uh, <laughs> with the head coach over in Minnesota. And I, I want to say Yeah, even, but are uh, they, though? You know, like I, 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 I see that. You know, but I've even questioned the McVeigh tree now. You know, where these guys, you know, the, I agree. Uh, in Packers, Green Bay, like he's not doing so hot. Um, right. What's his name? Uh, I can't think of any of these guys' names. Uh, well, it's <laughs> it's like our it's like our father would always say: you got to have the horses. And yeah. the, I think that the thing that really separates the good coaches from the bad is when you do have the horses, you go out there and, and you win. And even when you don't, you're still competitive because, you know, you know good football, you know how to scheme it. Whereas these other guys, once they lose them, like like we saw with the Rams this year, once you lose some of those guys, man, you're just terrible. Like you can't even stay in games. You, you can't even put up 20 points to save your life. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a threat to their system. Uh, once you bring in just some an outsider, a quote unquote an outsider, which is funny because the guy was a, like all the things you mentioned, a, a professional, played for a long time under one of the greatest offensive minds we've ever seen with Peyton Manning, right. and uh, you, you bring him in to be a head coach to just be a leader of a franchise. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a threat to their system, and and I don't think they like that because they want to have their their guys be the next in line. It's a hundred percent. It's a point. A hundred percent. This is the point. Uh, you know, you see this all, all the time. You know, Mike. You know what? Look at the Shanahan's. You know, Mike Shanahan and yeah. uh, what's his name, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle. And then you have the Harbaughs, and then you got right. Andy Reid's son that was out there. And now, obviously, he's in jail, but um, he was still <laughs> out there. And then you had the Bill. Yeah, Bill Check. And it's, this is the process. We were just talking about this the other day, where it seems like this is just kind of kind of gimme for these guys to grow up in these systems, and then all of a sudden, oh, I'm a head coach it's like dude you didn't play the game so i mean how i mean to to scott's point i mean that is that's a fact dude how how experienced are you on the field and then you're going to translate that onto actual players like no i don't think so and i think that this is the way to go with with ex players you know moving forward into these leadership roles i mean look at the head coach for the titans i think you know the titans are, are competitive year in year out since he yeah, became Rabel, coach yeah, yeah exactly and he's they the got Patriots. a Play for the Patriots. They got a they got a great defense. They're competitive. He he knows how to you know they could use a little help on the offense. But um, either way, they're still competitive. And again, like to, to your guys' point, they're pre- basically just managing right. And then you look at also another example. You know, Deion Sanders. I know he he's not a big deal, right? He's in a, a, like Jackson a State two man. division. Yeah, Jackson yeah. State undefeated, playing for Historic a championship game. Yeah, and then he's getting offers from you know Colorado, all these other teams, which obviously are. are 
chomping at the bit to, to grab them. And, you know, so this is this is the way it should go. So I 100% agree with you guys. Um, you know, we should applaud, you know, Jeff Saturday and, and more to come. Yeah, to me, it's the fast tracking of it. Like again, any they, they what they want them to do is if if they allow them into their system, they want them to go through their system. It's like right. oh, you're going to start as an interim, and then you're going to be a whatever your position was, coach, and then maybe we'll let you do another position, coach, and then maybe we'll let you get to the coordinator table, and then you know what I'm saying. And it's like yes, there are valuable lessons I'm sure to be learned, but you have to. What they forget is that these guys, and I'm talking about a Jeff Sack. Saturday level player. I'm not right. talking somebody who had a cup of coffee in the league and, th- you know, then all of a sudden, like, you need to hand this guy a, a, a head coach position. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when you have, um, you, you know, these, these, these veterans that have been around the game a long time, they've watched the film, they've had the meetings, they've been on the field, they know what the locker room's like. They, these guys are fully qualified. They've been captains. You know, they're, they're fully right. qualified to head a team up. Because, like we said, they're not making necessarily all the decisions or playing all the calls or putting putting all the calls together, but they're they're helping manage it all together. These guys are qualified and should not, not should be should not be overlooked just because of the fact that they didn't go through the good old boy uh, uh, of, of system of uh, you know in order to be uh, allotted or allowed the ability to be a head coach and why the sports media was used against it. I mean. Obviously, they are just a tool of the league. Um, that's very right. much apparent. Like, like that, that, that. Uh, those orders obviously came down, and and then of course they they leverage the the uh, the you know the 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 red herring as far as uh, racism is concerned, uh, because that tool was because ultimately in the long run, what what the, the best method to get black head coaches in the league is to start fast tracking these these athletes, these uh, the, these these players, and and and. But they don't want that because they don't want that to mess with their system. They don't. They want it to be closed society. They want only the ones that they they allow in uh, uh, to 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 be tossed around Rooney Rule style, but never really ultimately get the nod because they're not part of the t- the, the family really. Because you said because yeah. it's really literally like it's family <laughs> nepotism at its worst. But uh, anyway, uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm happy that Jeff's there, and again, he's just an interim as well. Uh, um, maybe that'll change. Um, I, I doubt it um, because it doesn't seem like the Colts are going to do so great. But but who knows? Uh, maybe it'll stick because um, I, I think that, if anything, he's a good positive energy there in Indianapolis. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to uh, week 12 uh, and, and some of those various games. But before we do, we'd like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us a five-star review and tell everyone you know about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right, week 12 of the NFL, going all the way back to Thanksgiving, that Thursday. Um, a lot of games, uh, uh, you know, uh, some okay ones, but the one that I thought that was going to be the, uh, the the surprise was that uh, Buffalo Bills uh, um, taking on the Detroit Lions game. Unfortunately, the Lions did not get it done. Yeah. 
God, they were oh so close, weren't they? Uh, They ended up losing to the Bills 28-25. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) I was hopeful for this one just because, if anything, I love the fact that uh, seemingly whether or not they they have a good squad or not, the the Detroit Lions always seem to win on on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, But unfortunately, they weren't able to get it done. But does this fact that the Buffalo Bills we're so close to um, potentially losing this game. Um, is is this showing cracks in, uh, in, or you're shaking your confidence in uh, in the Buffalo Bills uh, now? They're sitting eight and three, um, but uh, maybe maybe not as tough as the media thought that they were at the uh, at the head of the season. Of course, uh, losing Von Miller doesn't help, right? Yeah, they're not steamrolling everyone, but even when they had Miller, they've been in a lot of close games. They've been able to pull out several. They've they've dropped a couple. But the Lions, you know, they're they're nothing to really turn your nose at anymore. They they're they've been doing this a lot as well, staying in games, putting up points. Just they just can't close. They need to take that next step up to where they can start closing games out. I mean, they were they're about as close as you can get to doing that. Um, but the Bills, that you know, they did what they had to do, and I really thought this was going to overtime. It was what twenty something seconds left, and uh, they kicked the ball off, and I was like, oh. I need, it's going overtime. Right, I'll go use right, the bathroom. Right. I come back and they're kicking the field goal to win the game. Like, oh man, well that's the Lions for you. Um, so I, I think I'll chalk it mostly up to the Lions being better than a lot of people think, and the Bills they're dealing with a lot. Uh, you know, with the whole weather thing and the travel, and I know they didn't have to travel that far. Um, and then just going on the road, you're kind of expecting that because you know you're the big bad Bills that you're going to just run over the Lions, and then you got hit with the real test. Um, but they did what they had to do and they, they pull it out at the end. So yeah, the bills, I mean, they're still going to be one of the teams to beat. Absolutely. Yeah. This game, uh, I was hoping for the lions to pull this one off. I was pretty much getting things ready, getting ready to stuff my face full of fantastic Turkey and stuffing. I was so excited, but this would have really made the day a lot better if the lions pulled this one off. (laughs) Deandre Swift did not get the, 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 the feeds that he should have. They shouldn't, they should have been feeding him the ball. Um, you know, cause he obviously wanted to, you know, feed on Turkey later in the evening, but yeah, the only game five, five carries guys, he only got 19. So he's really non-factor. Um, Jared Goff did actually not turn over the ball, so that was pretty good. Um, but the Lions did have some costly f- fumbles. Um, C.J. Moore had a costly one. Williams had another one, um, and we did see uh, you know Allen uh, uh, for the Bills you know throw throw a pick. But it really came down to you know the you know, just kind of slot play towards the end of the game, guys. You saw a missed PAT. The Lions kind of made up for it. I mean, they they did you know complete a successful two point conversion, but couldn't stop the Bills enough to you know keep them out of the field goal range to where they could you know kick an easy field goal and and grab the game in, in pretty much the last seconds and it was kind of a heartbreak for the lions but i was happy at least they were still in it and it looked like at one point that they were going to get this game um they just didn't really have the best third quarter in fact they got shut out in the third quarter and that was pretty much costly so um it was a good game though very interesting yeah, Bills pass rusher Von Miller did not tear his ACL, so there's good news there, but there is concern about his lateral meniscus. Uh, he's expected to be out at least a week, uh, potentially even 10 days. And uh, the Buffalo Bills, they are the uh, first team to uh, win back-to-back games. It'll uh, Ford Field, uh, since they had to, that previous game that uh, Chris alluded to, they had to, uh, because of the snowstorm in Buffalo, they had to uh, fly to Detroit to uh, to 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 
to have that game. Who do they play? I don't even remember who they played now. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, moving on. So let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys as they uh, took on the New York Giants. Um, you know, it's been a while since Dak has lost to the Giants. Apparently, he has won 10 straight. Uh, so uh, you could argue that he, Dak Prescott, he owns the Giants, but uh, the Cowboys beat uh, the Giants 28-20 at home. Um, this uh, now taking the Giants to seven and four, and those Cowboys to eight and three. Man, their their defense is something legit, right? And uh, Dak seems to be uh, waking up a little bit. Uh, threw for two hundred sixty one yards, two touchdowns, did throw two picks, however, and that's how Dak's gonna get you. Um, but but what do you think? Uh, is this was this just kind of a glitch, a little blip for the Giants? Uh, will they get back on track? Um, and uh, what what do you think about the Cowboys moving forward? Yeah, I think the the Cowboys definitely proved that they're they're right there with the Eagles. Um, great defense, and when their offense comes along, you know they're going to be able to to beat really anyone. Uh, tough fought game, you know, obviously division rivals. Tough fought game in that first half, but the second half, the Cowboys really kind of opened opened it up. I mean, the the score was kind of not as close as the game was. Um, they, they outscored them 21 to seven in the second half. So um, I, I, I still think the Giants are, their record's a little better than what I think they are just because the, the quarterback, uh, with, you don't have an elite quarterback, you're not really going to go too far unless your defense is absolutely amazing. And the Giants defense is good, but it's not that good. Um, so n- not surprised with this one. The, the Cowboys are kind of starting to, to step it up offensively. So that's, that's going to be dangerous for the rest of the league. I'm glad you said that, Chris. I think uh, everyone's kind of expecting a lot more out of the Giants, and I just don't think that – I mean, the the record may you know, reflect that. I just don't think that they're that team. Um, I see them kind of tanking off. I don't see them grabbing the wild card, although NFC seems like that every team in this division is grabbing some kind of playoff spot at the moment. I do, I do see them kind of falling off, and I, I don't think Barkley's the guy you know, to carry him through because he needs to be the guy, but you know, apparently with good defenses, he's kind of – a no-show you know he only had 39 yards against the Cowboys and the Cowboys obviously has a great defense but I mean Dak Prescott did not have a great game and uh, they you know the Cowboys did run away with this but you know Dak had two picks and so that kind of brought the the Giants back into the game and that those are kind of costly and then when they started running away with it you know the Dallas Cowboys were pretty much handing up handing the ball off to um, Zeke Elliott had a great game Pollard had a good game so um, that's kind of how they they gain space as far as the scoreboard um, and distance themselves but um, yeah not seen a whole lot of the Giants I don't think they're going to make the playoffs but I uh, was impressed I have to admit with the Dallas Cowboys defense again again I just um, I see them you know trying to I see them kind of wheeling out but they're they're not they're sticking in there they're getting pretty big key sacks and on big downs and um, you know the deep in their offense is just just kind of getting by and um should should be interesting to see what they do in the playoffs. Uh, the last game of that evening of uh, Thanksgiving Day was uh, Minnesota Vikings hosting the New England Patriots. The Vikings beating the Patriots 33-26, uh, uh, them uh, being the top of the NFC North now uh, at 9-2. and um, And, uh, you know, of course, uh, this was one of those games that uh, we, I think we all expected the Vikings to win, but we expected it to be relatively close. Kirk Cousins threw for 299 yards, three touchdown passes, one pick, and uh, Mac Jones on the Patriots actually threw 
threw for 382 yards and two touchdowns there. Good way to go there, Mackie. Uh, anything uh, to, to say about this one? Uh, is this what we expected to see? Um, and and uh, any, any thoughts of life for the Patriots uh, coming down the stretch here? Uh, I mean, it was great to see that their quarterback was able to put some numbers up offensively. This game was much higher scoring than I thought it was going to be. Um, but the Vikings kind of going back to the same script. They're, they're in some tough games, but they they pull it out. They're a very tough-minded team. They just keep coming at you. Um, yeah, I expect the Patriots to play them tough. But like I said, higher scoring. So I mean, Patriots' perspective, if you can continue to get some of this type of offensive output, you know, you think that you might be able to make a push and and find your way into the wild card. But I don't think they're going to continue it personally. Uh, this is kind of, um, again, speaking of defenses, Patriots defense, I think they got a great defense. I really do. I think they're putting a lot of great pressure on the, on the Vikings. Um, Mac Jones, I, I don't, I'm not impressed. He, he's learning. You could tell he, his wheels are turning up there. You know, Bill Belichick is obviously very frustrated with them in a lot of um, uh, scenarios. You know, I think he was, you know, taking losses when he was trying to, you know, just throw the ball away and he like took a knee or slid and, in, in, in key situations and had the clock run. Um, Obviously, this game could have been either way, you know, especially going down, you know, the last possessions of the game um, where Hunter Henry literally caught the ball on the goal line. And then they said that uh, the ground, uh, I guess it was incomplete pass. I guess there was some bobble when he hit the ground. It did pass the goal line. And this was obviously went through challenge. But me looking at it, especially in real time, that was a touchdown. And, uh, you know, we'd be singing a different story here with the Patriots. We'd be pretty much talking about them potentially making a, a, a push to the playoffs. But um, big win for the Vikings. Not impressed with the Vikings at all, especially with their defense. Um, they could be a definitely one-and-done type team in the playoffs. All right, well, let's move on to uh, the games that happened on Sunday. Houston Texans headed to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Dolphins beat them 30-15. I think that's as expected, so we can just move on to the Cincinnati Bengals, who uh, headed to Nashville to take on the Tennessee Titans. The Bengals did end up winning this game. This was uh, this was a you know this was going to be a good game. We were all kind of looking towards forward to this one. Both teams now sitting seven and four. Um, but Joe Burrow uh, seeming to again keep that momentum moving. Two hundred and seventy yards, one touchdown. Uh, you had to, uh, Higgins uh, uh, receiving for one hundred and fourteen yards, one touchdown. Uh, the the Bengals seem to be rolling. Um, the Titans uh, did what they could do. Tannehill throwing for two hundred ninety one yards, and of course uh, Henry. This is the deal. He was held to thirty eight yards rushing, and when you hold Henry to low numbers, you're probably going to win that game. Yeah, if you, if if you're forcing Tannehill to beat you, he's probably more often than not not going to beat you, especially if you're a good team. No, this is the Bengals team that I think a lot of the teams in the AFC are are kind of seeing coming and and was hoping that they were going to be more like they were in the beginning of the season, where they kind of like won one, lost one, lost a couple, then won one, and they they kind of were looking like Super Bowl hangover. It looks like that's over. They've been coming on strong. Uh, this last month, and it looks like the, I mean they can kind of beat you a number of ways where they can have a slugfest like this, even down a couple players, um, or they can also you know air it out and, and put up a lot of a lot of points and yardage. So uh, similar to last year, they're, they're kind of making a late push, and they they can definitely play with anybody. So um, somewhat surprising on uh, for me at least to to see them hold Henry like they did. Um, yeah, if you can hold him under 100 yards and force Tannehill, even though Tannehill had had high numbers, almost 300 yards passing, 
you're, you're going to give yourself a really good shot. So impressed with the Bengals on this one on the road. This is a big win for the Bengals. This is obviously keeping the momentum going, but uh, Joe Burrow has a very good tendency of kind of zoning in on one player. And so without Jamar Chase in the lineup, um, also without mixing the you know the running back that they have that obviously makes plays for him as well, um, Jam- Joe Burrow was forced to find someone else. And did he? He really did. With T. Higgins, I mean, he had a phenomenal game, 114 yards, uh, one touchdown. Um, and so he picked up the slack. And so you got to give Bengals the credit for, for coming out and still putting up points on the board um, and stopping, you know, Derrick Henry from the Titans. But looking at, you know, Derrick uh, Henry, I mean, he was leading the Titans with receiving yards. He's not a receiver. So the Titans are faced with a little more issues than um, just having Henry stopped on the rush. Um, I think you know Austin Hooper needs to get back in the game. They need to get things going in the air. I think Tannehill is kind of dinking and dunking, and that's how he collects his, his yards. But I, mean, I was watching this game and leaving late in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, Tannehill is missing some open throws, and he, he's – I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's that two-minute kind of quarterback to drive down the field and, and, you know, get the winning drive, so to speak. But um, without Derrick Henry, if he's going to get shut down like that, especially on the run, I mean, that definitely limits this offense 100%. And it's kind of sad to see that Derrick Henry is the um, leading the, the team for receptions and, and the the yards in the air as well. So, um, yeah, not very not, – not a good thing for the Titans, but um, – We'll see how far the Bengals can go with this. Yeah, this uh, AFC North is going to be exciting to watch for sure uh, to see how this uh, looks and, and pans out down the stretch here. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Carolina Panthers, they hosted the Denver Broncos, and the Panthers beat uh, the Broncos 23-10. Just wanted to make mention that old Sam Darnold was uh, quarterbacking for the Panthers, and he outperformed old uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Donald, he threw for 164 yards and a touchdown. Um, and uh, so Russell Wilson, he threw for 142 yards and one touchdown. Just real quick, I mean, what is this looking like? Uh, we've got Nathaniel Hackett, head coach in Denver. He's going to probably be the uh, scapegoat for uh, Russell Wilson. And uh, though Nathaniel Hackett has made some bad choices, uh, uh, but uh, probably be the scapegoat for Russell Wilson and 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 just his his puzzling performance this year. Um, what do you think? Are they going to move on from uh, Hackett? Yeah, they've they've got to they've got to do something. I mean, they're paying Wilson so much money. Yeah. They're they're kind of strapped with that. They him. can't get out of it. <laughs> if you try to cut him, I mean, you're just paying so much money uh, that you're guaranteed to him that there's there's no point. So you got to try to figure something else out. Uh, so yeah, you got to get rid of the head coach because we already see the turmoil starting. You got defensive players screaming at Wilson in the middle of the game to score some damn points out there. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of don't look. blame him at this point because the Denver Broncos defense is playing at like an all time level this year. And to have the record they have, it's, it's, pretty much inexcusable so yeah Hackett's is he's got to go yeah it's embarrassing lose the to Carolina Panthers the way like that 23 to 10 yeah they make it Sam Darnold look like an all-star out there and just it's embarrassing um yeah if Russell Wilson <laughs> uh, you got to take a hike or something I don't know what you got to do but you got to fix it fast yeah what Nathaniel Hackett looking like a hack Russell Wilson can't hack it and uh <laughs> the uh Denver Bronco fans are hacking up lungs uh, watching the damn thing. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, the New York Jets, they hosted the Chicago Bears. This was the battle of the backups. Uh, the Jets beat the Bears 31-10. Uh, the Jets, of course, started Mike White over um, 
Zach Wilson, White threw for 315 yards and three touchdowns, had quite a show. This 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 game felt like clickbait to me, though. Uh, you know, like you, you thought that the the Jets were definitely going to beat the Bears, and of course uh, the decision. Um, uh, made to 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 go from uh, Zach Wilson to Mac White was 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 a good timed decision. We'll we'll look to see how that actually pans out next week. Uh, but let's just move on. Uh, Washington Commanders they uh, took on the Atlanta Falcons, beat the Falcons nineteen thirteen. Uh, Heineke having a, somewhat of a a, a, a good showing, um, but uh, uh, you know uh, mediocre numbers you, you know as well. So uh, not much going on with that. I I, it, I would like to see the Commanders still win. Um, who knows though? Because uh, the East, the beasts are in the East, and they're sitting at seven five, still alive. Um, but uh, I, I just don't know. I don't think that they've got uh, enough to 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 hold or to 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 get to the wild card. So if and nobody has anything to say about that, we'll move on. Um, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns who beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and old Tom Brady, uh, 23-17. Um, Tom Brady, he threw for 246 yards and two touchdowns, doing all that he can do. Uh, Jacoby Brissett on the Browns side, threw for 210 yards, one touchdown and one pick. Of course, Nick Chubb, he ran for 116 yards, um, definitely being one of the big difference makers. Uh, you, you know, we mentioned this, uh, they're in such a weak league or weak division, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're probably still um, going to uh, retain, especially with that Atlanta Falcons loss, um, retain that top spot and uh, should should potentially, you know, win out unless, you know, they just shit the bed from here on out. Um, I don't know. Do you, is there any any thoughts of uh, the, the Buccaneers, A, not making the playoffs? And then, of course, with uh, Deshaun Watson returning, we did touch on this earlier. Uh, are they are they in a, a good position at four and seven uh, to potentially grab a wild card slot? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think the Browns are pretty much out of it at this point. There's too many other teams with good records in that conference. Uh, but the Bucks, yeah, they're going to win the, at least their really bad division. So again, Brady kind of lucked out with being in a really bad division. Um, he always the Bucks does. Just, <laughs> yeah, the, the Bucks seem like they're just like a, a player away, like like that that slot receiver uh, that they're really missing because they don't have a run game. And um, they're just not able to put up points. So yeah, they'll. I'm sure they'll make playoffs, but they'll probably get their home game and and lose it. Yeah, I, I see the Bucks getting it as well. And actually, they they should be thinking, you know, the Commanders for going out there because the Falcons should have won that game. But you know, if you throw a lot, Mariota throw a last minute pick in the red zone, and it costs them. So you know, I'm sure the Bucks are happy about that. Uh, let's move on to Jacksonville as the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, stunned the nation by beating the Baltimore Ravens 28 27. Uh, what what happened here? Um, th- this was a, a good showing by Trevor Lawrence, you know, for to, for you know, all said, said and done. I mean, 321 yards, three touchdowns. It's a shame he can't do this every week, right? Yeah, this is the reason why they drafted him number one. Um, they were hoping to get this more consistently, and consistency has been his issue. When he's on, he's just—I mean—he's up there with any other quarterback in the league, and the Jags can beat anyone. You know, we saw them just torch the Chargers earlier in this year, and then we we saw them beat a pretty good Ravens team. But um, th- this has actually been very concerning if you're a Ravens fan because the Ravens have had good leads, and I think this is the fourth game this year, and they've come back to lose them. Uh, most of them just in the fourth quarter, blowing multiple 10-point leads. They had a monster lead against the the Jets earlier in the season, 
And uh, I think they've four of their losses have come from games where they've they've had big leads. Um, their kicker just came up a couple yards short, but I mean, you can't really ask the guy to hit a sixty-seven yarder, even though he's an amazing kicker. Uh, so very concerning offensively for the uh, Ravens to not be able to close out games and their their defense, of course, not being able to maintain lead. So they've got to try and solve that because it used to be that with that running attack they had, they get a lead. They can just run on you and bleed the clock out. But that's not really the case, and, and they've shown it. It's not just one or two. I mean, four times, that's that's a habit. And uh, they got to try and figure that one out because if they are able to uh, hold off the Bengals – and uh, make it into the, or even if they were able to make a wild card, I mean, you start facing good teams, even if you get up on them and you, you keep opening the door to let them back in, they'll come back and get you. Yeah, no nuts, no glory. I appreciate the Jaguar, Jaguar, uh, the, <laughs> I appreciate the Jacksonville Jaguars going out there and going for the win. Um, they don't want to tie it up. They just want to, you know, steal the game, go home with a with a victory, and I appreciate that for. But the Baltimore, um, Lamar Jackson was making some very questionable decisions out there, which isn't really like him. He did have a sloppy fourth quarter, making some bad decisions and just missing some throws also. Um, and then, you know, Jackson, Jacksonville, they did what they needed to, but uh, they did have, you know, the, the, the Baltimore, you know, they did have a op- uh, chance to, to win this game, and it was really crucial, you know, after the two-point conversion, you know, the, the Jags got, um, it, it pretty much kind of sealed it, but the, the Baltimore had a chance to get it back into this game and, and get a W, um, and it, I mean, 67, I mean, that's that's a monster kick. I mean, I don't know what anybody's thinking other than just like, yeah, go ahead, because we've seen him do it before. It was um, down. It was going. It was splitting the upright. It just yeah. didn't have the distance on it. I thought it was going it was in, close. actually. It, it did <laughs> look Tucker, like, man. He, was, uh, he, he just didn't have the leg on it. But uh, I know what you're saying, though. Like, it seems like uh, it's it's definitely a bold call. <laughs> yeah, to lean on that. Like, that's, that's yeah. chancy. Yeah, no, I get it. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson was catching flack, and uh, apparently he responded to some critics. Uh, uh, he responded to a specific <laughs> critic that said that uh, the Ravens should let the quarterback go for, to free agency instead of signing him for a long-term lucrative contract. And he responded, boy, STFU, uh, we all know what that means, uh, y'all be capping too much on this app, MMF. Never smelt a football field, never did shit, but eat dick. He wrote uh, that uh, and then eventually <laughs> deleted it. But then, of course, you know, uh, a reporter from ESPN, uh, Ninny, didn't got all involved and uh, uh, referred to uh, Jackson's comments as an anti-gay phrase, uh, referring to as his eat dick uh, comment, which, oh, you, you know, uh, it was Jameson Hensley um, actually speaking of somebody who looks like the eat dick. Uh, but uh, you know what, uh, Jameson, you know, the gay people don't eat dick. They suck dick. <laughs> He's really, he was he was just making a, an analogy to, him, to this individual as, as being a cannibal uh, of, of the crotch area. Um, but, uh, you know, it's funny that he had a problem with the, the eat dick uh, comment, but not the boy, you know, like yeah. the plant, plantation language. He didn't refer, he didn't accuse him of that. I guess he's not woke enough like, like we are here. 
Um, but uh, of course, you know, uh, this this then uh, uh, spurred uh, Lamar Jackson to to fire back, and he said, "This is defamation of my character because not once have I ever mentioned or disrespect anyone's sexuality, sexual orientation, gender, religion, or race. You are reaching." And I actually kind of love that from from uh, Jackson, though. You know, he was just you know he was talking like you know football players talk. You know, it's like yep. you, you, shut, like, you don't even play football. Uh, I totally have Jackson's back on this. You know, eat eat dick, eat a big bowl of dick, eat a big sloppy <laughs> dick, <laughs> and shut the fuck up because you don't know what you're talking about. I appreciate Jackson for that. I don't know any thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just as a professional, uh, just. Just yeah, turn your phone you. off or something. <laughs> Don't go on That's social media until like Wednesday the next yeah, week or something. They're saying like, like boy, he's saying after you, get it out. A, after you catch a loss, man, don't jump on Twitter right away. You know, have, yeah. have a little more wisdom than that. And you're absolutely right. But as far as the chuckles are concerned, uh, the, the the response was was quite fun. I I, I like it when uh, you know the, the 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 sports media and and those uh, on on Twitter catch a little. Uh, Catch a little uh, uh, pushback, if you will. Right. Okay, it is it is damn entertaining. I'll, I'll give you exactly. that. It would be kind of hilarious if that, I mean, all the players after games were just going on, just battling all these fans and journalists. It would well, be like KD would just do, a right? total shit show all the time. Yeah. It would be kind of awesome, actually. Uh, the fall, the demise of our uh, civilization is now complete. All right, let's move on. Um, the Raiders, man, they uh, put on a bit of a stunner as they uh, beat the Seattle Seahawks 40 to 34. Oh my gosh, we had a Derek Carr as a quarterback siding. He threw for 295 yards, three touchdowns, but did through two two picks. So that's uh, kind of on brand for him. But of course, what really got it done for Las Vegas was Josh Jacobs um, ran for 20, 229 yards and two touchdowns. And of course, Seattle's lack, seemingly lack of rush defense. So do you think that this is Seattle's ultimate Achilles heel? Have they been exposed in this moment by the Las Vegas Raiders that really what you got to do to to, to beat uh, Seattle is just just run the ball. Uh, no, I think this is more the Raiders showing what they could have been. I mean, it's too little, too late now. I mean, if you guys have been listening to the show, I've been I said this several weeks ago. You guys got to ride Jacobs. Absolutely. He is your he is your team. It's not Carr and Adams. You got to run off of Jacobs, and that will open everything else out up. And it, it, it definitely worked. I mean, they put up forty points in Seattle. That's that's tough to do. Um, in Seattle, you know, they were right there. It took overtime. Uh, Seattle showing that they're they're going to be right there with yeah. just about anyone in the league as well. So it's not like you know the Raiders went in there and steamrolled them, and it took a monumental effort from uh, Jacobs to to get this win. So credit to the Raiders, played a great game. Uh, they just couldn't do it early in the season. Couldn't be consistent. Um, so I don't think that the Seattle's out of it by any stretch. I think they'll they're probably still getting the wild card because I think the the Niners are going to take the division. Um, but yeah, you know, good game. Yeah, I I'm glad you said that, Chris, because that's how I see it. Um, they go into Seattle and they they win, which is a big win. You know, it's hard to win in Seattle, but it took a huge effort out of Josh Jacobs. Um, you're not going to get this consistency. You know, you're not. I mean, how many times are you going to see a 200? 29 yards yeah, he's not right just not going to see right. that so i mean it, they had to have one of these showings from one of their star players and they got a great game out of them i think seattle's going to be all right it did it did go into overtime it did take that um kind of raiders miracle that huge you know throw down the middle of the field um that that car had and he's he's not doing that consistently i could tell you that i've seen enough of his games um all right i've 
pretty much giving hope, uh, giving up hope on the guy. So um, I think Seattle will be all right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it took an overtime effort to to, to win the game. You're you're absolutely right. And of course, uh, do Gino, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> why it's Gino Smith, and he of course threw for 328 yards, two touchdowns, did throw a pick, also rushed for 22 yards at that. So when you got a quarterback, you you know throwing up those numbers, uh, you know that that just is is nothing but uh, uh, positive for your your offense moving forward. Okay, let's uh, look at the Arizona Cardinals who uh, hosted the Sandy, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Chargers won. Sco- Squeak this one out, 25-24. Much to say about this. I mean, uh, Chargers, uh, they're they're still relevant, of course, in the uh, AFC West, 6-5. But I don't know. They just just seem like they're they're still there, but are they? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of been the Charger way where they're always in games. Like, no matter who it is, they're going to be right there. And, yeah, I mean, they're like a fourth down away from either winning or losing or a two-point conversion away from winning or losing. But they're going to go for it, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. So scary team to play. Is it a football team? Or is it a space station? Definitely Chargers way playing. I couldn't be a Chargers fan. I'd have a heart attack. Oh, man. (laughs) That's why it's the Chargers. It's referring to the defibrillator that's required to bring your heart back to life uh, after watching one of their games. That's a great comment. All right, let's move on. The 49ers, they beat the uh, New Orleans Saints 13 to nothing. Uh, Like we said, they're they're arguably, they're definitely the favorite for the NFC West, and and they'll continue to be so. So we can move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, who hosted the Los Angeles Rams and beat the Chiefs 26-10. We all saw this coming. We thought this was going to be the case, but maybe we thought that they would win by a lot more points um you know 16 points ain't nothing but it's it it, it didn't seem like the chiefs were were rolling you know at all cylinders so to speak yeah yeah it came up short multiple times in the red zone and had to to revert to field goals and then we saw mahomes with a completely bonehead throw interception in in the end zone uh hopefully he doesn't try that one again uh, so the Chiefs, yeah, they got some some stuff to work on as far as some of those timing routes when Mahomes just needs to get back, drop back, and get rid of it. A three-step or five-step drop. Sometimes he wants to hang on to the ball too long, but not surprised at all. I actually thought it was going to be 31-6, to but it ended up 26-10. Uh, Rams shockingly scored a touchdown. Um, but, yeah, it, the type of defense that the Rams play, just that soft coverage when you get into the red zone against a, a, a team like the Chiefs, it's kind of like the perfect match against them because the Chiefs want to, they for whatever reason, don't want to pound the ball at you. They want to drop back and, and roll out, and, and you can sit back in your soft zone and, and kind of prevent some touchdowns. It finally had a use. Yeah, and finally the right scheme. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, the Chiefs, they, they got to improve that aspect. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't really a challenge. Yeah, we just had fun watching the game. It was it was fun to just kind of get together. Yeah, it was. Watch this game. Um, the Chiefs should be all right, but uh, yeah, did you guys see that they picked up Melvin Gordon? It's, it's he's on the. Pa- I did. That was a head scratcher, squad. to be honest. Yeah, yeah. not a I don't know why. Squad. Right, yeah. right. Not a big deal, but just kind of yeah. I kind of figure it. Well, Maybe well, somebody owed him money. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably some nepotism. He's probably somebody's cousin. <laughs> 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 well, the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs—they're now a uh, nine and two and uh, top of the league, of course. And uh, the uh, oh, Aaron Donald—he he got hurt, high ankle sprain. He's expected to be out for the rest of the season. So I think he came. Down with that old three and eight uh, yep. ankle sprain. Um, <laughs> Ramsey's going to get hurt next week. Hey man, you know, everyone's going to be getting hurt. 
<laughs> I was going to say, if I was any of those starters, man, I'd be, I'd be coming down with the same kind of thing. You know, Stafford's going to be out. Please don't play Cup. <laughs> you know, he should be gone too, right? Like, uh, please don't exactly. play Stafford. Rather is who I meant. Please don't play any of your starters. Allen Robinson, I think he's out too, right? He's so. out for the season. Foot surgery, yeah. <laughs> If you're going to bring him back, bring him back like the last game of the year just to kind of have a farewell. But yeah, the season's over. There you go. All right. Well, the Sunday night football game was between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers in Philadelphia. Uh, The Eagles beat the Packers 40-33. Speaking of injury, Aaron Rodgers, of course, went out with a rib injury. I think he's kind of come down with that four and eight rib injury as well and is going to discount double check his ass out the door and uh, sit the rest of the season out and hand it over to a Jordan Love um, Rodgers did throw for 140 yards two touchdowns did throw two picks uh, of course Jordan Love stepped in and threw for 113 yards um, and one touchdown himself all right uh, you know obviously Eagles are uh, where it's at you know they're sitting at 10 and 1 they're top of the NFC uh, they're definitely the clear number one seed favorite though I did pick and predict the Vikings um they're they're, they're looking they're looking good uh they, they've got a couple of uh, kind of tough games I suppose coming up but um they're 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 laughing man they're just they're just soaring to the to the finish line here yeah I was actually kind of really surprised that this game was so high scoring I thought with all the offensive struggles the Packers have had uh, for them to put out the amount of points they did, I, I was a little surprised. And I thought the Eagles were going to, especially once they jumped out to that 13 nothing league, that they were just going to pretty much blow them out. So credit to the Packers that they they made it competitive. They seem like they're, they're definitely getting better, but it's too little too late. And especially with Rodgers going down, yeah, at this point, just uh, let the young guy go out there, get some experience. And who knows? I mean, if Love looks good the rest of the season, they might be wanting to shop Rodgers in the offseason and, and move on from all the drama that's that's surrounding him, uh, whether it's just self-created with Rodgers or it's media-created because they don't like him. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens the, this stretch, last stretch of the season with the whole quarterback. Yeah, I was expecting this game to be a blowout, but it's actually a pretty good game up until about the third quarter, or maybe mid-third quarter. Um, you know, Green Bay was pretty much in it, and, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers had some knucklehead plays, and then he started to do that, like, oh, I'm, I'm in pain. This this whole oblique plane is killing me. I can't play well <laughs> he out here. He had his ticket out. <laughs> um, you know, Philadelphia pretty much just ran all over the Packers. You know, Miles Sanders did his thing. You know, I think he's the real MVP of this team. I think without him, um, you know, Jalen Hurts has not put up the numbers, um, but Jalen Hurts had a great game on the, on the ground as well. They're just a good overall team and their coach looks like an ex-drunk and uh, so we'll have to see what the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles <laughs> Sirianni <laughs> yeah, he does he does uh, he so does hey. He loved seeing loved seeing the love hurts combo out there on the uh, field as the quarterbacks yeah. are concerned. All right, real quick before we go, let's look to Thursday night. We've got a nice one. We've got a little uh, AFC East uh, division rival game. We got the New England Patriots hosting the Buffalo Bills. Um, of course, automatically you want to say the Bills are definitely going to win this game, but man, I got to tell you, the Patriots defense, the Patriots defense, the Patriots defense, they've got a really good defense, and so I'm not completely sold at the uh, Josh Allen uh, uh, led Buffalo Bills is going to walk away with the automatic W here. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think the Patriots will make it respectable, but I I don't see Mac Jones going in there doing enough offensively to uh, outscore the Bills. So 
even uh, with with the loss of Von Miller and uh, the injuries the Bills have had, and with Josh Allen's elbow, you know, whatever being an issue, <laughs> if it is or not, um, yeah, I still think the Bills are going to take it. No, I, I hear you, Scott. This is division play. This is a big game, especially for the Patriots. They don't want to go back to 500. They cannot drop this game, and it's at home, and they have a great defense. So uh, if there, if this is there, if there is a game to get, it's this one. Um, and so this will be a good one. Uh, as far as picking, uh, probably going to go with the Bills on this one. However, uh, I'm definitely going to go for the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. I'm probably the same way. Uh, going to be rooting for the Patriots, maybe, but uh, uh, definitely going to pick the Bills to win this. All right, that's going to do it for us. And we'll be able to let you guys know what happened because we're going to be reacting to this show afterwards and uh, uh, let you all know what, uh, our takes and whatnot. Uh, Got to tune in. Uh, Friday show. Got to tune in to Friday's show. That's right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Sideline the Agenda. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, uh, send the show to your friends. Let them know what's going on and follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.